Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, November 7th. Over the weekend, WestJet experienced a system-wide outage resulting in over 200 flight cancellations. Is WestJet and other Canadian airlines living up to their obligations for passengers and compensation for cancelled or rescheduled flights? We discuss with Gabor Lukacs, president of the Air Passengers Rights Association. Next, it's Family Violence Prevention Month and a great opportunity to open up discussions around how to stop this growing problem in our communities. We catch up with Sue Tomney, CEO of YW Calgary, for details on the organization's newly launched hashtag Keep It Real campaign. Has a Nigerian prince contacted you with the promise of wealth and fortune? Or maybe the CRA has called to say the police have a warrant out for your arrest. We discuss the way scammers want to take advantage of you and how to protect yourself with Mary O'Sullivan Anderson, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Southern Alberta, East Kootenai Regions. And finally, it's our weekly segment aimed at helping you achieve your goals and live your best life. On this edition of Motivational Monday, we get some lessons on inclusivity and being kind from author and consultant Moji Taiwo. Over the weekend, WestJet experienced a system-wide outage resulting in over 200 flight cancellations. Well, is WestJet and, and the other Canadian airlines living up to their obligations to passengers? Joining us to discuss is Gabor Lukacs. We've had him on the program several times in the past. He's the president of the Air Passenger Rights Association. Good morning and welcome back to the program, Gabor. Good morning. There you are. Good. Uh, It's interesting because we put a number of 200 WestJet flight cancellations. Those are the flights themselves. Well, let's talk about the passengers. Do we have any idea of how many passengers were affected? We don't have exact numbers, but uh, you can safely assume that in the vast majority of those flights, there were at least 100 passengers, more to the tune of 189, depending on what type of aircraft they are using, maybe 150, how full the aircraft is. So we are talking about quite a large number of passengers, something, you know, to the tune of uh, tens of thousands. And we are told this was, I'm guessing, and in my mind, and you know more about this than I do, Gabor, uh, that it was kind of a cooling issue. So like maybe a server room got too hot with WestJet or something like that? That's what WestJet is saying. Those kind of explanations, um, you know, they don't that much matter in the sense that it's quite clear that it was something within WestJet's control. There's their data room. They have full control over the environment there. They have control over how many backup data rooms they have. Yeah. And clearly, there was a lapse of judgment in how they set things up. I was watching, and if you haven't, uh, if you have a social media account, that's always saw back edge of the weekend. I mean, maybe late on Saturday and through uh, Sunday, how people were just getting emails or texts, depending on what they chose, uh, to tell them that their flight had been bumped. Uh, do we have? And I know this is a, a, a situation, maybe maybe unique. You can tell us how unique a situation like this is. Do we have rules in place on how long and how far in advance you have to let a passenger that their flight has been either A, changed, or B, canceled? Um, the airline has to inform the passengers as soon as possible. Uh, there's a requirement to give updates in a case of a delay every uh, 30 minutes. And uh, passengers also have to be provided with meals, accommodation, and a rebooking on the next available flight, including on flights of competitors if WestJet doesn't have its own flight within the next nine hours. So we need to understand that this was an event within WestJet's control. They may try to spin it any way in the media, but the reality is that this was their server room. 
their computers, their systems, their business setup, so it is within their control. And therefore, they also have to pay passengers a lump sum compensation up to $1,000, depending on how long uh, the, the passengers were being delayed. Lump sum up to 1000 so um, obviously they wouldn't come out ahead, but just to cover the cost, I'm thinking. But when, when you're a stranded passenger, and I watched uh, one gentleman's journey online yesterday who was supposed to leave yesterday morning at 7.30 in the morning, for example, and by the end of the day, he still had not left. What, what about uh, compensation for the stranded passengers as far as the like, accommodation? You can't stay in the airport for 24 hours, I would think. The, the, the budget also has to pay for meals and accommodation. So the lump sum compensation is on top of meals and accommodation. Budget also systematically breaks the law when it comes to paying for accommodation. It tends to tell people you can uh, spend only $150 or $200 or a fixed amount, while the law actually says that Wedget has to arrange for the accommodation itself. And it implies that if Wedget does not do so, it has to provide for the full bill, whatever it costs. Gabor, it seems to me, and I mean, you're a professional in this, but, you know, as somebody who travels as much as I can, it might only be a once or twice a year, or if I'm lucky, three times, or from uh, talking with family and friends, it seems like in the past, we've, we've all had our favorite airlines. I go with this airline because they never lose my luggage. I go for this airline because there's no cancellations. I've never had a flight bumped. Uh, but more and more, it seems to me that we don't have that anymore, that uh, almost every airline in Canada is painted by the same brush and, and does have issues. Do you find that at this point? Yes, what we are seeing Canada is a race to the bottom, and the only thing that could stop that process is some very uh, firm and, and unapologetic enforcement of passengers' rights, which is lucking, sort of lucking in Canada. The government, Canadian Transportation Agency, has broad, um, tool, a broad variety of tools at its disposal, including issuing administrative monetary penalties up to $25,000 per passenger for each violation. So it's one thing that this happened, but if Wedget refuses to pay passengers affected compensation and tries to, again, mislead the public to believe that this was outside its control, the government could crack down very heavily on Wedget. I doubt they are going to do it based on the dismal track record of lack of enforcement um, the government has uh, displayed. But that tool exists and the public has every right to demand from the government enforcement of the laws. You know, uh, when we talk about travel insurance, and I, I get skeptical whenever I hear the term insurance, because to me, I think, am I uh, wasting my money? Am I overpaying for something? In this situation, for example, Gabor, and I know that if you're traveling to the U.S., you definitely want your insurance. But if I'm traveling to Saskatoon, for example, and, you know, healthcare will still work for me here in our nation, would I have been benefited from having travel insurance in this instance? Or is it shouldn't come out of my pocket, but the compensation for this should come out of the airlines? We need to be clear what we mean by travel insurance. For health insurance, yeah. I would always recommend people to travel with one. There's no question. That's when if you have an injury, if you have an accident, there are also some insurances that will cover your um, ticket if you are unable to travel, for example, because you contract COVID. That's, that's also you, though, something right? that you may want to do because, of course, it's on you, and, and, and that's fair. When it comes to flight delays, cancellations, baggage delay, and damage, and so on, um, I... I don't like the idea of insurance there unless you carry something super valuable, expensive in your suitcase, because it is the airline that has to pay for it. And it's important that the airline will be paying for it, because otherwise there will be no incentive for the airline to improve its behavior.
very interesting times, and, uh, you know, I, I like what you do, Gabber, and uh, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. That is Gabber Lukacs, Air Passengers uh, Rights Association President. Air Passengers Rights Association President. I like what he's saying there. If we don't hold them accountable, who will? If I'm, you know, I'll take care of that myself. I have insurance. Well, it's not my fault. At what point do we not, uh, you know, get what we pay for, what we deserve? Has this, uh, has this impacted you in any way? Let us know on the text line. This WestJet outage over the weekend, 200 flights affected. Our text line is open at 403-974-8255. The YW is kicking off a full month of awareness and recognition about family violence prevention and all the great work being done across Alberta to help end family violence in our city and across the province. Joining us with details on what is up for the month is YW CEO Sue Tomney. Good morning to you, Sue. Good morning, Andy. Thank you for having me on this morning. Thank you for being here. It's unfortunate that we're talking about it, but we have to talk about it. We have to address this. Can you give us an idea, Sue, of, of how prevalent family violence is in Calgary? Yeah, and, and you know, we've heard some, some reports lately that we have to be careful that we lean into about what that means when we hear police say that um, there's, been, there's been less calls because what we know is there has been more violence uh, and they have been having more calls around violence in general, uh, around the domestic uh, violence situation. And so for, you know, the unfortunate part is Alberta is one of the top three provinces. Uh, for domestic violence in Canada. And if you want to break it down, it's there's three calls an hour. Uh, and we know that 25% of those people don't even contact uh, police, right? Of, of those mm-hmm. who don't reach out, there's a further 25%. So um, it is, uh, a, you know, a, a situation that we continue to grapple with. And this campaign, um, I believe, is, is a real breakthrough on how we can start to really tackle family violence. Okay, so if you can give us, Sue, and I mean, uh, just maybe we can direct people uh, to the website and what's going on this month, but if you can break down some of the pieces that excite you about this and and what makes it unique within this month and the program ahead. I think, well, Andy, what makes it unique is the, the collaboration and the coordinated effort across the province. And we all know that that takes that takes work, and that has been months in planning to be able to take a pan Alberta approach, working together uh, through the hashtag Keep It Real to make this um, these resources accessible to everyone. So that is uh, that's a first that that I'm aware of, and I think that that gives us an opportunity uh, to reach more people, including those who are uh, witness to those who are experiencing violence, which is key to getting help for these women and families. Do you think sometimes, and have we changed as a society, Sue, when it comes to witnessing things like this, uh, to, to not feel like, oh, it's none of my business, I better reach out? Has the online world and has technology helped us better do that? There's certainly the tools, Andy, to, to do that, and, and people can look up resources and, and, and be able to, to gather more information. I'm not 100% convinced that, that it is something that is easier. I, I feel like there's, we continue to have this, um, you know, be worried about what, you know, what, what the person will think. We don't want, to, we don't want them to have shame. We worry that we, we might be overstepping, and I think that that... Uh, reluctance really uh, keeps us from having some some conversations with those that we're worried about and giving them a safe space. 
So I think there is progress, but I think it takes courage on behalf of the friend or family member to introduce that conversation, which is why these tools um, are meant to be helpful to have what can be a challenging conversation. So I'm going to direct people to ywcalgary.ca. And of course, that hashtag we mentioned at the beginning, and you've mentioned a couple of times, hashtag keep it real and keep it real campaign. But, you know, for, for the time being, and I know we, we, we can never solve people's problems in a, a four or five minute segment. But if I do know of a family member or a neighbor or whoever lives next door in the apartment or condo to me is, is perhaps going through something like this, what is the step I can take? What is the most effective step I can take? Because I know it's super time uh, sensitive too sometimes. It is, unfortunately. And, and uh, we, we find that, you know, as I said, 25% won't contact police, won't reach out. So it is important uh, for people if they see a situation and they feel that uh, there is a need to intervene, to be able to say to them, to, to introduce them, I've seen you, um, uh, you look um, like you could use some help. How can I help you? Uh, or someone who reaches out to you know, start with, I believe you um, and I'm here for you and tell me what you need. So the, the whole premise around the um, Keep It Real campaign is to, to recognize um, that there is help needed to empathize, that empathy, and to ask, and then just to listen. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great campaign. Uh, lots on the go at ywcalgary.ca. You can find out exactly what uh, tools you can use. In the meantime, thanks for your time, Sue. We appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate the time. That is Sue Tomney. CEO, YW Calgary. You used to just be the prince that wants your hand in marriage and will help you with millions of dollars. Are the CRA coming to get you? Recently, have you received an email about a package that you never ordered? Scams are getting more and more sophisticated, changing all the time, and we have to be more vigilant to ensure we don't fall victim to the scammers. Joining us to discuss how to better protect ourselves is Mary O'Sullivan Anderson, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Southern Alberta and East Kootenai Region. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. Thank you for being here. And how can I tell if it's really you? I'm just kidding. Um, let's <laughs> talk about your Scam Tracker 2.0, BBB's Scam Tracker 2.0. It's a neat tool. What is it? Yeah, so 2015, we launched our first scam tracker coming out with our, our risk index report in 2017. Uh, we've just relaunched it. It's an improved platform that's, you know, more mobile friendly, more user friendly, and not just a place to report scams that have happened, but more so a place to check and see, hey, am I being scammed? Because um, really that's key is the education and informing on the front end to prevent people from falling victim of scams. You know, they say, Mary, that knowledge is king. I want to be politically correct. Knowledge might be queen as well. Uh, but is it hard to, to, to keep up with this knowledge when uh, the, the, the playing field changes daily almost? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you were talking about the Nigerian Prince emails, and, and some of those ones are really sort of obvious when you receive them. Um, but I tell you, Andy, I mean, scammers have become so sophisticated, and the fact is there's lots of different ways that you can fall victim to scam, and it's across, you know, all demographics. It's not something where there are certain groups that are specifically targeted to fall victims. Anybody can fall victim to a scam, and that's why really anything that we can do on that education on the front end, you know, we're, we're getting into a busy season of shopping right now. It's very easy when you're in the midst of trying to get all your shopping done just to click on the wrong link, and before you know it, you've fallen victim to a scam. 
what are you know, it's like I'm doing a countdown, like topping the charts. Um, but what are some of the top scams right now that we should do, you know, be prepared for on the top of the list? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're seeing an increase now with online scams. It's just that time of the year where we see, um, you know, whether it's phishing or, or fraudulent or counterfeit goods. Um, those are obviously one that are popular this time of the year. We've just come off of a big increase on grandparent scams and romance scams, and those are not done. Um, and so, you know, the thing is, is, there's so many different scams and so many different ways that we can fall victim to it. So, you know, best advice, Andy, is just slow down, take your time. I know we've got a lot that we're trying to get done all the time, but a little bit of, you know, preparation on the front end will really help you in the long run. And what about the old, if somebody contacts me and I'm uncomfortable, I go out of my way to contact them on, on a different website or a different phone number? Uh, you know, yeah. to see, okay, that's, that's one of the ways to backtrack? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if somebody is reaching out to you, whether it's the CRA or somebody that says that they're with the police or authorities or anything like that, um, you know, trust and verify. So don't give out any personal information. Um, get their contact details, but then also look up and actually contact the, you know, whatever organization you're, you're making contact with to make sure that it's safe. And, you know, talk with loved ones, talk with friends, normalize these conversations. You know, when we when we launched the scam tracker, Andy, last year when we looked at our data, I think we had about 1.6 million um, hits on our scam tracker. So those were people going in to actively report. We estimate that scam tracker saved um, consumers $30 million. Like, that's very significant. So making sure we're getting in, checking it out, having those conversations to make sure that we're keeping ourselves and our loved ones safe. We'll remind people they can look at uh, BBB Scam Tracker 2.0 on Google or, of course, on the website itself, bbb.org slash scam tracker. Thanks so much, Mary. Thanks, Andy. Have a great day. You too. It's Mary O'Sullivan Anderson, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau, serving Southern Alberta and East Kootenai Region. This is Motivational Monday, a chance to get you motivated today and beyond. And joining us this morning is author Moji Taiwo, Good morning to you, Moji. Good morning, Andrew. Before we get into exactly, uh, you know, what you've been working on and offering up some tips to our listeners, tell us a bit about yourself and, and what motivation means to you, your, kind of your definition of it. Yes, motivation means, my name is Moji, as you, as you said. I'm an author of two books, one before it's my memoir, the new one, it's a children's picture book series. Um, featuring myself and my grandchildren. And motivation, you said, means to me is being perky, being up, and seeing every little possible good things out of everyday challenges. You actually have a hashtag that you like to use called hashtag be kind for no reason. Be kind for no reason. Yeah. So why why is that important? It's important to me because many people think when they are good to other people, there should be something they should get back from it. For me, uh, being kind, it should be uh, natural. It should be genuine. It should be um, organic. Um, Just you never know who might need a little help here and there and uh, making their day, it makes me happy. So when I see anybody, for that matter, if I see them struggling with anything, it's important to me to offer a helping hand. And that helping hand may go a long way. 
Yeah, and it, 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 I like what you're saying because it doesn't take much to offer a smile or to hold the door for somebody, but it can be such a difference to that person because to me it seems like it sounds cliche emoji, but we never know what somebody else is going through. That might that small gesture might be grand to them, right? That's right. That's correct. Like today, we have snow out there. People are going shopping. Sometimes they're struggling with the cart. Help to help them with the cart, mm-hmm. or maybe give another hand to push that cart. You might see somebody uh, facing challenges walking through the parking lot or the sidewalk or whatever. Whichever way you can help them. But please, before you touch anybody, ask if they need help. Before we get into Grandma and her munchkins, which sounds like an interesting story with a message behind it, uh, tell us about I Give Because I'm Blessed, I'm Blessed Because I'm Given. I love that title. That's my memoir. I've been in Canada and Calgary, especially for over 40 years. So when I retired from uh, public service, I found uh, a lot of time in my hands, and I decided what will I do with it. So I decided to chronicle, well, the the subtitle is a chronicle of an immigrant's journey. Mm -hmm. I decided to document my journey as an immigrant in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, from 1978 up until 2015 when I retired. So it's a story of a successful immigrant but with lots of challenges and motivation in there and inspiration for anybody who might be facing any sort of challenges and how to turn those challenges to possibilities. I want to build off that conversation, Moji, because I think sometimes when we're in the dumps, when we're going through a tough time, and you, you might not have much when it comes to resources or energy or inspiration at that time it seems more difficult to give to somebody else uh, so it's almost counterintuitive that we would but uh, you're saying that if you can muster up that energy and move that path forward it will come back to you what you're giving even though you think you might not have much to give it will come back to you we always have something to give we always have something to give even when we're down in the dumps our time is one we can volunteer we can help a neighbor. We, we can help a child in school. We always have something to give. It doesn't have to do with money. That's a good point because I think we... And actually our time is more valuable than money in, mo- in most instances. But do you think that's where we get hung up, Moji, is that we think when we, when we hear the term giving in charity, we instantly in our heads go toward opening up the checkbook and, and donating money. That's right. That's right. But there's many, many, many ways to give without giving money. Right. Let's up, change gears and talk about Grandma and her munchkins. What, what's this book all about? What's the message you want to deliver? Well, Grandma and her munchkin is a story of um, uh, three generations. Um, of course, I'm a grandmother of three uh, beautiful boys. And this book, it's a series. The first book is just out. We have four more coming in a few months. And uh, it's a daily, it's based on a daily, everyday adventure between uh, grandma and her uh, grandchildren, the munchkins. It's simple read. It's a picture book, beautiful picture book, basically teaching uh, daily skills of being of safety, 
of adventure around our beautiful city of Calgary and of kindness and, uh, you know, just including other people. So the first book is Grandma and the Munchkins Went to a Playground and Park. And lessons learned along the way, walking to the park, what they did at the park, and how they met new friends. And even Grandma also met new friends. So it's inviting other people into your space as far as acknowledging their presence, acknowledging their, their being, and their being kind. Yeah, that's, that sounds fantastic. And I'm going to direct people, by the way, just before we let you go, I have one more quick question for you, but I want to make sure I direct people to Moji Taiwo. That's M-O-J-I-T-A-I-W-O.com to get more info about what you do and about your books. Uh, but I want to let, let, let's finish on this note, Moji, if it's all right with you, because it's great to have a, a, a good idea. It's great yeah. to have motivation, but time and time again, when we do this segment and talk to people, they separate motivation from discipline and consistency in that without those two, your motivation, your great idea, your good deed you want to do without following through, it means nothing. Yes. Yes. If you, you can, uh, many people have had great ideas and they don't do anything with it. And the next day they see that somebody has uh, taken that idea and do something with it and it's become great. So uh, if you can think it, you can do it. That's my motto. If you can think it, you can do it. It's no use having great ideas and sitting on it. Good point. It's, uh, you know, you're not serving other people or yourself, I guess, at that point. But um, yes. in the meantime, thank you for getting up early with us on a Monday morning. Thank you for joining us for Motivational Monday. Moji, we appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too. That is Moji Taiwo. And again, online, Moji, M-O-J-I-T-A-I-W-O dot com.